I know we talk about a lot of things from stage, and you really never even hear or see what happens after the fact. Um, so last week, we talked about a, a young child that was kind of uh, just struggling, and we kind of processed through that. I got the picture up. Uh, that's uh, Trevor. He's a young guy in our, our church who's decided to say, hey, I want to hold uh, this baby. There's the baby. Um, looking awesome. And I found out Thursday, and I chalk it up to a miracle. You guys can chalk it up to whatever you believe, but he actually has no symptoms of blindness anymore, and yeah, he's working. He's um, got, they're still working through some stuff, but nowhere near best case scenario, which I told you last week, but I did not count God in that because I'm a bad pastor. Um, but it's super exciting, super humbling. Um, thank you so much for your prayers. One of the things we want to do at the downtown campus is just celebrate um, the extraordinary, but also the ordinary. Um, just a simple task of love from somebody in our congregation turned out to be a, an amazing miracle. So I just wanted to share that with you, and um, I'll, I'll try to do my best. Uh, Stan's helping me a ton to remember just to kind of give you guys updates about the things we're praying about, things that we're seeing, and the way that God's moving in our congregation. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, and we're going to get started. Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you've done um, clearly this past week. Um, Lord, and the things you're doing individually in my life and the life of the people in this church um, I thank you for uh, just everything about Christmas, Lord, and the hope that we have and the anticipation that is coming uh, of, the, of the Savior, Lord. And um, I just pray that we continue to remember and, and just talk about your glory day in and day out. And uh, I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So one of the things I've been uh, convicted about uh, over the last couple weeks and so, something that I've been trying to practice in my life is a little bit of, of scripture memorization, but also just communicating clearly with scripture. So what we're going to do is we're going to practice that right now. So we've been reading and looking through Isaiah 9, uh, specifically 6 and 7, uh, but we're, we're looking at Isaiah 9, 6 today, just for unto us a child is born. It'll be on the screen. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, uh, Prince of Peace. And so what we're going to do, a little, little uh, interactive play right here. So I got this section right here, all right? You guys focused? All right, you guys are going to do for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, okay? I wish we would have separated it out, but you guys will get it. You're intelligent, beautiful people, all right? So practice, go ahead. You can read it or you can memorize it. For unto us... Okay, that was pretty good. I think I may have seen people looking at their phone. Um... <laughs> I'm not going to call him out from stage, but the wife that's sitting next to him can. Uh, so let's try again. Try it again. Loud. No one's embarrassed. They're going to have to do it too, so you can make fun of them. All right. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. You got it? All right, cool. All right. You guys get to cheat, whatever. It works out better in threes than it does in fours. So this whole section, you guys have... And the government shall be on his shoulders. Wow, that's really weak. No, oh well, you guys can do it. Cool. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Boom. 
All right, let's read the scripture and we'll get started. Go ahead. All right, let's do it all together. Everyone together now. The whole thing. Whole thing. Go ahead. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders, and his name shall be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Good. Now we memorized it. You guys memorized scripture for this week. You can check it off. I'm proud of you guys. So, Isaiah wrote this 700 years before this, this child was born. It says, for unto us a child is born. Talking about present tense, a child is being born. But it was 700 years before this came into reality. So there's a lot of anticipation. There's a lot of waiting. Some overwhelming people just waiting. Thousands of years of being conquered and delivered. Conquered and delivered from, from Moses leading people out of the Exodus to just David leading a kingdom, just conquering and being delivered. Being conquered, being delivered. And there's some people that just forgot. You have this group of people that are, are overwhelmed in anticipation, waiting for a deliver, and then you have some people who have just forgotten that there's even hope. And there's a lot of us in that situation this Christmas anticipating, anticipating, and waiting. And a lot of us who have just forgotten and believe that there's really no hope. Now, this reminds me of a story, and some of you may have heard this story before, um, and if you have, you'll still enjoy it because it's horribly embarrassing about my life. Um, so I had this, this thing I was really excited for. Uh, I was really excited to go on a date with this girl. This is before I met Natasha when I found out that I was really handsome because I don't know why such a beautiful woman would marry me because I don't have any money. So the only other explanation is I'm super handsome. <laughs> and so that's the conclusion that I've come up with. But before that, I wanted to go on a, a date with this girl. Uh, she was on uh, the track team. Uh, she was, I had liked her since freshman year or admired her from afar. And so I texted her. I texted her before football practice one day, and I said, hey, would you like to grab a coffee or get some food or something like that? And I came back to the locker room, and I looked at my phone. There was nothing there. So kind of just shrugged it off my shoulders, cried on the inside, no big deal, whatever. Leave it, okay? And then I go and take a shower, and I come back, and I get a text from her. And she says, yes, I'd love to, but I have class. Miracle, you know, God answers my prayers in the showers, and she says, hey, let's get together after class. And she goes, but why don't we go and just text in between? And I'm like, man, this girl never wanted to talk to me. Now she wants to text me. So I start texting. I said, hey, how's it going? Oh, it's great. Oh, what's class? It's an economics class. I was like, cool. What are you learning? Anyways, get all that boring stuff out of the way. And I was like, I'm so excited that you want to get together this afternoon or this evening. And she's like, yeah, me too. Why do you want to get together? Trap. I didn't realize that I was a dumb 22-year-old kid. I said, well, you know how I kind of feel about you. And she's like, what do you mean? And I like, pumped the brakes real quick. And I was like, oh, you're just a really cool person. So excited. All these things. So this goes on. This goes on. I'm wearing, uh, I remember this day beautifully. I'm wearing <laughs> orange shorts and a white shirt with a grass stain on it. And so I'm going and I'm walking and I'm walking to the cafeteria. And I see my, my life group leader or my small group leader in college. And he says, 
dude, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to meet this girl. I'm going to meet this girl, the one that we talk about in life group, the one I told you to stay away from. And I go, yes. And he goes, well, go do it, man. That sounds really exciting. And I was like, oh, man, he's for me now. He says, but you look like an idiot. You need to go change. And I go, okay. So he's like, here, take my scooter and go to your apartment and change. So I take a scooter. I drive to my apartment. I get a shirt on very similar to this, probably a little nicer. Um, and then I put some jeans on. I put some little, you know, little clone on. And I go, and I'm, I say, hey, where would you like to meet? She's like, well, why don't we meet downstairs in the activity room? There's one of those rooms that's kind of private. And I go, What? What is going on? So I say, absolutely, I'll be there in five. Hop on my scooter and I drive there and I I walk in. I'm kind of excited, kind of nervous, anticipating this. Oh man, this girl who never liked me, never wanted to talk to me, now she wants to hang out. And we're meeting downstairs, never thought anything of it. Okay, let's do it. So I open the door and there's somebody sitting in the chair. And it's not a woman. It's my roommate with his back to me. And I go, that's weird. I don't really understand this. Where's the girl that I wanted to meet? Maybe I'm in the wrong room. And then the lights are turned on, and the whole football team is there. And I go, hmm, this isn't what I was anticipating. But anyways, and then I realized very quickly in that moment, they had taken my phone and switched the name. And they had been reading the text and comments that I had been making the whole time, and they have been laughing and having fun with it. So me, being the hard, tough shell person that I am, started to weep like a baby and walk out of the room. I hopped on the scooter and crashed it into a wall because I was so upset. Then, it gets better. Then I go to the football stadium and I sit upstairs and I'm so embarrassed and, you know, man, one, this girl now knows that I really liked her. The football team's making fun of me. So she shows up. She shows up at the stadium. I said, finally, the redeeming thing. Now I've got the pity thing going for me. And she walks up and she goes, yeah, I really don't want to hang out with you. So I cried. My mom cried. My dad laughed. (laughs) But what happens when you anticipate the wrong thing or what you anticipate doesn't come to fruition or it becomes horribly wrong? And we're going to look at Luke and we're going to see that very same thing happens. So what happens when our anticipation doesn't line up with reality? Because for me, it was an embarrassing, funny sermon illustration 10 years later, but at the time, it wasn't. And there's a lot of you anticipating things this Christmas season. So what does it look like for the first time in history to anticipate the wrong thing but to get a glorious result? So I want to look at some of the characters in Luke 1 and 2, and we see this, and I'm going to kind of talk about it a little bit, but we see these characters unfold. You know, we see this story of Jesus, and we see Gabriel the angel coming to Mary, this young virgin woman, and saying, hey, you're going to have a baby. Mary wasn't anticipating a baby. What she was anticipating was a husband and a family. But what she got was a savior. But it doesn't mean that it was difficult. Jake alluded to it last week and Scoggins the week before. I mean, she was ostracized as a community. Not just to mention, man, I don't know what you know about being pregnant or having babies, but man, it's, it's ridiculously difficult. There's a lot of physical changes, emotional changes, a lot of things happening that are not always easy. And that's just saying, let's just say, for the sake of argument, that 
that Mary had a flawless pregnancy. No issues whatsoever. She still had to go through just the natural changes in her life, but then add on top of it the being ostracized and lonely because we find out next, the next character, Joseph, who's betrothed or engaged to her, says she doesn't want anything to do with her. So you have this pregnant woman who's engaged to the love of her life, and he, has, he doesn't want anything to do with it. So Mary was now doing this pregnancy alone, at least in part, because Gabriel didn't go to Joseph and tell him, hey, this is Jesus. You need to know all these things about him. Hey, this is the, the Messiah, the one that you've been waiting for. That doesn't come until later. She had already told him, and you hear in the story and you read in the story, that he had to go process. He was even to the point where, hey, I'm going to divorce you quietly because I'm a good man. So imagine being pregnant, scared, afraid, and alone. Not just the physical changes, the emotional changes, the society changes. And the only person that you can count on says, I got to walk away. That's not what Mary was anticipating. Joseph was anticipating a beautiful marriage and a bride and, and the love of his life. And what comes is the Messiah, which is beautiful and amazing. But me being a young man and, and having a wife and kids, I mean, that's a difficult reality. I'm just going to be honest. For me, I don't know if I could handle it like Joseph did. Because if I'm anticipating a, a bride and a wife and a marriage and, and all the blessings that come with it, and now I receive a, a, a pregnant wife, I don't know who can deal with that. For me, man, that's a struggle. That's a struggle, even though if I knew it was God in flesh, man, that's a tough thing to, to, to swallow. That my perfect bride is now pregnant and I'm going to be raising a child instead of spending the first year of marriage getting to know my wife. Joseph was anticipating something a lot different than what he received you know what, the, the shepherds, the next characters in, in, in the story, I don't even know if they were anticipating anything. Out in the field alone, man, Jake told us last week, that these guys were the ones that, man, they couldn't get a job. It was either, hey, you're going to be a shepherd out in the field at night or you're going to be a beggar. Might as well try this sheep thing for a little bit to see if I can raise some money, but hey, I've always got begging to back me up. That's kind of the reality that these guys were in. And they weren't anticipating anything, and what they received was a cry from the heavens saying, hey, the thing that you forgot about and your parents forgot about and your grandparents forgot about and your, your, your ancestors forgot about, it's here. For unto us a child is born, a child is given. And these shepherds now, now anticipating something glorious and beautiful were sitting in a place of loneliness and almost despair. We see the wise men later see a star over the manger. And they were anticipating something, but they never knew that their anticipation would lead them to a two-year journey plus to find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. They weren't even there when Jesus was born. 
They came two years later, but the anticipation as they walked from the east, and I don't know where, the far east, something that takes you two years to walk and travel, anticipating and waiting. The thing that they had been waiting for their whole lives is now revealed. Or Herod, who was anticipating a long kingdom. He was anticipating more power with a long reign and even a longer legacy. Wasn't anticipating somebody to come in as king. So I'll ask this question again. What happens when your anticipation doesn't line up with reality? What happens... When you hope for the wrong thing. Because what we see in in the first story, the Christmas story, the account that Luke gives of history, we see heartache, we see burden, we see despair, we see disappointment, false expectations, emptiness. We see all these things being revealed in these people's lives. All anticipating something. Israel. God's kingdom. Israel, a forgotten people who are oppressed for the thousandth time because they're now under the rule of Rome. It's waiting for a savior, a deliverer, a ruler, a king who will smite and destroy those worldly powers. A kingdom that will last forever. They never expected a baby. Isaiah did. Isaiah's been dead for a long time now, but he was expecting a child. For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. You see, the reality for us is the same as some of these characters in Luke. A lot of us are anticipating things this Christmas some of the things you might be into might be good, good things. A, a paycheck, a, a job, a, a house, a, something new, something exciting, a car, whatever it is, you're anticipating something this Christmas season and you're excited about it. It's kind of our culture. Man, why, what's under your tree right now is boxes that are covered. We don't know what's inside. We're anticipating the excitement of what's to come in those boxes. Some of us are anticipating or maybe even dreading Christmas this year because you have to have a conversation that you really don't want to have or that people that you thought loved you really don't get you this year or maybe the thing that you're anticipating you already know isn't going to come true. So what happens When our anticipations don't meet reality. What happens when we put all of our proverbial eggs in a basket? Maybe not even on a large scale, but on a a small scale, because this is the truth. When we anticipate things, and if you've lived longer than a year, you understand that most of the time the thing that you anticipated is not as good as you thought it was going to be. That toy's going to break. That job's not going to be as, it's not greener on the other side. That relationship is not all you dreamed it to be. 
At best case scenario, it's horrible. The anticipation or it's okay. Worst case scenario, it doesn't even come true. The thing that you've been longing and then you're waiting for. So my question for you is this. What are you anticipating this Christmas? What are you anticipating this Christmas? Think about it. What are you looking forward to this Christmas? And my question, boldly and bluntly, is this. Are you anticipating Jesus? Believer, non-believer, is the thing that was in your mind's eye Jesus this Christmas? Or was it a check, a job, a relationship? What is it? You see, even though they were anticipating the wrong things, Mary, Joseph, Herod, even though they were anticipating what was wrong, what they received was was Christ. What they received was a Savior. Even though Joseph didn't get what he believed was true, what he got was ultimate. Even though we are anticipating the wrong thing, and I include myself, what we're offered is Christ. You see, I was, I was talking with somebody and I was thinking about this concept before, and I was thinking, man, how do we bring this all together? And the truth is, we are in a perpetual Christmas season. Because if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, we're still waiting. Just as Israel was waiting for Jesus to be born, He's here. But we as New Testament believers are still waiting. We don't know when He's coming, we don't know how He's coming, but we're waiting for Jesus to come back. We are in a constant state of Christmas. I don't think if anyone's ever thought of it that way, but we are just like Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and all these things. There's people here that have forgotten the promises of God. There's some of you here that are begging and pleading for God to come back sooner rather than later. There's some of you that are afraid of God coming back and you don't anticipate the king coming because you believe that you're king, just like Herod. Some of you are wandering, just like the wise men were for two years, longer, 60 years. Hoping and waiting to see, is God who He says He is? Is He really king? I'm sure that thought crossed the wise men's mind. As they're traveling after a year, after hardship, after all these things, we don't know. And I'm projecting on them, but I'm assuming they got tired or frustrated or lost or, or, or hurt or, or fatigued or they broke something or lost something. We are all anticipating a Savior. But the blessing and the hope comes in this is that He came. And next week is Christmas and I'm excited because I love Christmas. I love Christmas because of Jesus. So my question is, what are you anticipating this Christmas? 
And my prayer is that it's the hope that comes in Jesus Christ. Because ultimately, that's what Joseph got. He got a wife. He had a family. There was other kids. But at the end of the day, you know, family's fulfilling, but it doesn't ultimately fulfill. A job is fulfilling, but it ultimately doesn't fulfill. Relationships are fulfilling, but they don't ultimately fulfill. A friend of mine said this quote earlier. She said, when you anticipate, it's always less than reality. Your anticipation is always less than reality. Except for when it comes to the risen Lord. Because you never anticipate what you receive and what you get when it comes to Jesus. So this Christmas season, my, my, my gift to you is the same gift that was given to the wise men, that was given to Joseph, that was given to Mary, that is given to every single one of you. No matter what you're anticipating this Christmas season, and I'm not saying that anticipating things are wrong. I'm just saying they're not ultimate. No matter what you're anticipating this Christmas season, I want to encourage you and offer you if you put your hope and your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ as leader and Lord of your life, then what you are anticipating when it comes to Jesus will radically change. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you already know as we've seen in the very beginning with that little baby that what we anticipated was blindness and what we received is life. Whatever you're anticipating this Christmas season, my encouragement and my hope to you is that you find what Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the wise men found wrapped in a swaddling clothes in a manger. What they found was not a baby. What they found was hope. What they found was a Savior. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for, for who you are. I thank you for, for what you, you're doing in this church. I thank you for the way that you've revealed yourself time and time again. Lord, I pray for two groups of people right now. I pray for those who are waiting, who are anticipating and hoping and believing that Jesus is going to deliver. Lord, and they may feel like it's been 700 years. But Lord, I encourage them in hope that Jesus came. That God in flesh came. We don't have to wait any longer. The other group of people that I want to pray for, Lord, is those who've forgotten. Lord, those who've forgotten because of circumstance, those who've forgotten because of their environment, those who've forgotten because the ways that the, the world has, has made them forget. Be it that they were self-sufficient because of the ways that you've blessed, or be it that we're, we're so downtrodden and in despair that we forgot that there is no such thing as hope. 
Lord, I pray for both those groups of people right now. Lord, just as the shepherds were sitting desolate in despair in the field, Lord, I pray that you reveal yourself to them in a powerful and mighty way. I pray all those things in Jesus' name.